We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Everybody's here except yep. Impy. Yep. What's up? No idea where he is. I don't think he comes on Mondays. Uh, but we're all here. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl just went down yesterday. Eagles won the whole goddamn thing. Who would have known? I'm all about that. None of us picked that, I don't yeah. think. I had them with the spread. Yeah, I mean. Same. You know, but no one thought they would, like, actually win, like, flat out, straight up. I mean, spread was tight enough that they could win. Nah. I'll be honest. I was I was really shocked. And I mean, I did say, you know, with Foles, he would have to play perfect. He would have to play like he did against the Vikings. And, like, he even went above and beyond the, that game. <laughs> It if was you were, just incredible. A lot of people were watching that that weren't football fans. If you went into that game not knowing who Nick Foles was, who Tom Brady was, yeah, you probably left that game thinking like those are two of the best quarterbacks in the league of all time. Yeah, <laughs> that just like went at it. Or they both lit it up. Yeah, it's that that game was fucking crazy. Like everyone was talking about the Eagles defense and shit, and and how good they would be, and and the Patriots defense. I know one of the reasons why I said uh, the game was going to go the Patriots way is because I didn't think the Patriots were going to allow the Eagles to break as many tackles as they did and convert as many third and longs. 10 of 16 on third down were the were the uh, Eagles. 2 of 2 in converting fourth downs. And then on top of that, they, they had the most broken tackles in a game since 2006 when broken tackles were a stat, according to Pro Football Focus. That's how many did, the Pats gave up, the Pat, right? Yeah, did the yeah, Pats. Yeah, because I heard you talking about handle. that before we started recording. Yeah, yeah sorry I mean, if I didn't make that clear. No, nah, yeah, that was uh, definitely the biggest takeaway. They couldn't tackle for shit. Yeah, at all. It was bad. A lot of hand tackling, and you can never stop a guy running that fast with just your hands. You got to get your body in front of him. Yeah, before we walked in here, we, we had it on the, the TV, and there was even a big third down play where uh, I think it was Nelson Aguilar caught a, a pass over the middle, and I forgot who it was. But 
he breaks a tackle. He's well behind the first down marker. And it's like, that, dude, those are huge. I think Nick Foles, what was Nick Foles? It was like 10 of 15, like 170 yards and a touchdown on third down or something, which was like an ultimate game changer. And on fourth down as well, he, he performed well yeah. as well, which was crazy. He man. caught a touchdown on fourth down. Caught a yeah. touchdown on fourth down, was throwing him on fourth down. Yo, let me ask you guys a question. That play call. Huge dick. I, I was going to say, like, how big does your cock have to be? Especially after they just uh, the Patriots just ran that, and and Brady couldn't haul it in. Yeah, you know what I was saying when when I was watching the Super Bowl, like with a bunch of people, I was like, yo, if I was Nick Foles, I probably would have fell and busted my ass. Like he ran that route to perfection. Yeah, if I was him, he was so wide open, I would have started like backtracking, <laughs> like I was catching a fly ball. But he just like ran the out route and like turned around and caught it. Like he looked like he was a tight end. I, I apparently I heard. And I heard this like from a, from not from the person, but from someone who said they saw an interview with the person that Trey Burton said that no matter where he puts the ball in practice, that Nick Foles is going to catch it. He's one of the better athletes on the team. Trey Burton played uh, high school quarterback, and he was I think third or fourth string uh, with the Gators too. So I mean, he has thrown before, and yo, throwing on the run that, that was a pretty that was a dime. That was a dime. Yeah. That was a dime. yeah. yeah. He, you know what's crazy though? You guys bring up that that broken tackles. Jay Ajay had a monster game. Yards after contact was yeah. crazy. Legarrette Blunt had a monster game. They both averaged six plus yards of carry. Clement too. Yeah, Clement too out of the backfield. He was doing more of his uh, work in the passing game though. Right. I'm talking about like on the ground. They weren't making tackles anywhere. You know, in the passing game or in the running game. So that was huge. Like yards after contact and yards after catch were ridiculous. Those those running backs were running all over them. Like he like even what Boss just said. Clement was doing it. You know, through the air, but like he was making some, or he was not avoiding contact at all. I remember one play specifically. He ran straight at Patrick Chung and like, just fucking. They, it was crazy. It was like, <laughs> they just like a car crash. Like yo, these guys are insane. Like they were running hard the whole game. JJ was pretty much impossible to take down on the first try, the entire time. Uh, that was wild, man. I did not see that coming. No, I, I didn't either. The <clears throat> the. The craziest part about those two guys, the Garrett Blunt and JHI, they're already two of the hardest to take down. And you go to the the motivation that these guys have. JHI once is in the same division as the Patriots, so I'm sure there's no love lost there. And of course, the Garrett Blunt played for the Patriots last year, wanted him to take a pay cut. He didn't want to take a pay cut, said Sayonara. I'll I'll take my chances elsewhere. And he ends up beating the Patriots in their like you know, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And they already can't be stopped, these guys, when it comes to, like, one-on-one tackles. Plus that motivation, plus the Super Bowl, those guys are running with... They were, like, like loose locomotives. It was yeah. crazy. I felt like both teams were, were able to run the ball. And I don't understand why the Patriots didn't run it more. James White got going when he he broke some big runs. Even Deion Lewis was getting, like, six, seven yards of carry. And then it just seemed like they stopped giving him the ball. I think one thing that about this... This piggybacking off what you were going to say, this Super Bowl uh, that was different than the other Super Bowls. We've seen the Patriots outplayed before by the Giants. We've seen the Patriots out toughed before. Like in that first Super Bowl, the Patriots were out toughed. In the second Super Bowl, the Patriots were outplayed that the Giants won. Mm-hmm. We've never seen the Patriots out coached before. And I think that in this game, the better coaching staff was clearly on the side of Philadelphia. The game plan was better. Uh, the aggression was better. We talked about time and possession, how important that was. The Eagles held the ball for way longer than the Patriots did. And I think the Patriots, f- 
uh, game plan coming in was flawed. Uh, the Patriots' game plan was, I don't think they had a huddle all game. They, they were straight up no huddle, uh, down, 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 down the field. And although it worked, obviously, because the defense was on his heels a lot, um, there is something to be said about this defense is better as the game goes on in Philly as as the year has gone on, except if they're on the field too long. So the fact that they were pushing the ball like that and the fact that the Eagles weren't getting off the field at third down, that defense was well-rested at the end. And you saw all the big plays on the defense came because they were still fresh. Like, the Philly's defense did not make one play, except the in the first drive of the game where Brandon Cooks, who the fuck knows, tries to jump over an entire human being standing straight up <laughs> in the air. Brandon Cooks did not have a good day. Yeah, and... And then yeah, and then he like, just ran into a, a hit day. stick, and then and then when in uh in the uh the strip sack, right. right? So those are the two big plays on defense, and those are only two big plays, but those are the only two big plays needed. And it's I don't know, it's just a it's just a testament, I guess, to the game plan of the Eagles being superior to the game plan of the Patriots, because I I really think that the Patriots weren't taking that into consideration at all. And it was just, go, go, go. We're going to try and play our game. And the Eagles said, all right, you play your game, we'll play ours. And the Eagles' game was better. Yeah, I think they were, I don't know why, they they were shying away from the run. I mean, Brady threw the ball 50 fucking times, threw 500 yards. It was just like, moving the ball wasn't really an issue for them, honestly. It was just stopping. Like, no one could stop Yeah, I, that's the thing. I, I think that New England did what they wanted yeah. offensively. Yeah, I don't know how you could say that they didn't. It's just they, their defense couldn't bail them out at all. You, you know, it's the one stop that I even can remember that the difference maker was the fumble. Well, there was the, the fumble, and I believe the Eagles punted one time. That was the only punt in the game. So, yeah, the Pagers lost the game and didn't punt the ball. Also, you know, if you think about it, they also missed a field goal. Two field goals. That's kind of, uh, I don't know, you consider that a turnover? You don't get any points out of it. And I think possession, you Possession just yeah. does change there. Yeah. Was it two field goals? I think it was a was field goal PAT and a PAT. It was a PAT, yeah. yeah. And they didn't convert the and they didn't convert the fourth down. Yeah, yo, the two biggest plays of the game, arguably, are throws made to the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, right. The fourth down that New England doesn't convert. And I was telling you guys about the the time Tom versus time. There's a scene in I think it's either episode two or three where Edelman and Amendola always fly out to this shady spot in the woods. They spend the weekend there with Brady, and they're just running routes. And there's a scene where Edelman tells him, yo, man, I need a break. I'm tired. And Brady's like, yo, get over there. You got to run. He's like, yo, why don't you go run? And he's like, oh, it's not my job to run. Well, maybe you should run a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, yo, he looks really bad running. It's, it's not even – like, he looks really bad running. I wouldn't know how someone that athletic, who is the the top of his class athletically. Uh, how does – Is he the top of the class athletically? Yo, he's not. He's not. He's just I, the he's best a superior at his athlete. Like, yeah, 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 but he's a superior. He's a superior athlete. Yeah. Like, all right. Either way, he is the best at his position. He's an athlete in terms of athlete. Like, he's the he's a superior athletic being. He's right? a superior quarterback. Okay, f- fine. But how do your legs move that slow? Yo? I don't know. Like you're a six four guy who's athletic. Like your your legs shouldn't move that slow. Yeah, I don't know. Come man. on, dog. He's also four weird. years old though. Yeah, I know, but and he, yo, he was getting hit. Like you know, it was weird. Like I thought going into that game, my X factor, I think, no, it was actually Deion Lewis, but the pass rush too. In that game, I was like, yo, they're deep, and the first like quarter or so, they were kind of getting back there, yeah, and disrupting. Like even if they had no sacks, but they were hitting them, they had plenty of pressures and 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 hits on the quarterback, 
And then the second and like third quarter, the pass rush was kind of non-existent, and and the and the 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 Patriots were doing whatever they wanted downfield. They were averaging 18 yards of completion with Brady, which was ridiculous. Like at one point, I was looking at his stats. Even the final game stats are ridiculous. Like 20 28 completions, but for 500 yards, yeah, 28 completions is an average game. 500 yards. There were three players on everything the team. was being done downfield, and some yeah. of them were like lollipops. I'm like. Dude, no one's even in the area. A lot of wide open pitches. It was crazy. Yeah. And then, I mean, the fourth quarter, they made that one play of the pass rush. Like, you're finally waiting for them to show up. And Brandon Graham, who was on the massage table in, like, the second quarter, I'm like, dude, I haven't heard this guy's name called all game. And he was, like, you know, a top player for them on, on that mm-hmm. pass rush all season. He finally comes up big. And Chris Long, too. Like I said, former Another Patriot, former Patriot, yeah. Get, got it done. They were both getting after him. And, and the lucky swipe by Graham got it done. Dude, there was three players on the Patriots with over 100 yards. Yeah, Hogan and Over 110 yards. Yeah, Hogan, well, Amendola, and Gronk. I mean, after Cooks went out, they, they only had three wide receivers. They were saying it was Amendola, Hogan, and Philip Dorsett. Yeah, Dorsett. probably didn't see the field. He had, yeah. that, he had one big catch, Dorsett. Did he? Yeah. 19 you know what, yards. Do you know what? Uh, with the, I'm sorry, the Dorsett thing. Completely took my mind off what I was gonna say. Sorry, it's all right. <laughs> I was concentrating on Dorsett. What uh, do you guys? What do you guys think of uh, the um, Malcolm Butler situation? Because yo, look, Nelson Aguilar. I don't know how many catches he had, but I know four of them were for first downs. So you know, let's just say half of them don't. Right? You're looking at a different game. Some mm-hmm. of those tackles and Butler. Look, Butler isn't no Darrell Revis in his prime. So I, I I understand him being benched and all that, but it, it's not a Revis, it's not a, uh, a Peterson, but he is probably a, their best defensive back. And the fact that they, he didn't play, I think that was a big loss for them. Yeah, especially because Gilmore, I thought was playing good. I thought he was he's a good player, but like he kind of he kind of shut down Jeffries in the second half. He made some good plays. Yeah, Je- and even so, like the the grabs that Jeffries were making were like absurd. Like the defense was right there. It was like a good swipe at the ball and everything. This guy is just making great plays. And I thought Gilmore was playing out of his mind. And, but then, you know, it's crazy to think that someone like Malcolm Butler, who won you a Super Bowl, is going to be sitting on the sidelines the entire game. It, I wonder what this kid did. It didn't make sense. So he played 98% of the snaps in the regular season. I think he missed all but one snap in the two games against the Titans and the uh, Jaguars. So I'm sure by the time everyone listens to this, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll have more information on this story. But... Uh, kind of a head scratcher there. Nothing right now. Did you see kind of like very unpatriot like? Although Brandon Browner is not on the Patriots anymore, but he took to Instagram and was like, "Dude, how do you do that to your yeah. best? You know, your best DB all season and stuff." And Jamie Collins liked it, who had his issues with the, New England. There was a few of them. A lot of former Patriots. Yeah, uh, Chan so, Jones, Dante Hightower. A so lot of maybe. Them. Like, you know, I said the last hurrah. Maybe this really was like the last. Maybe there really is a rift in that locker room of some sorts. Have you guys seen the two bills yet? I haven't. Yo, the two bills, if those you know, there's a 30 for 30, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. After watching that and after seeing the Super Bowl, I kind of think Bill Belichick's going to leave. Call me crazy. It's like a gut feeling. But, yo, they did him dirty. And something about the Patriots that happened this week that was so unpatriot-like is usually we have no Patriot access whatsoever, right? Everything's quiet on the Patriot front. We have no idea what the hell's going on, right? Tom Brady pulls out a Facebook series, and all this controversy happens because he kisses his fucking kid on the lips, and 
and like so, something happens where a radio show calls his daughter uh, a, a bitch or something, yeah. a piss or like that, yeah. and he he gets something there. He's like, "Fuck you guys" or whatever. And Bill Belichick comes out with some shit where he's in the spotlight for things that aren't Super Bowl related, and it's just like super unpatriot like. And they're in the and they're in the news like there's a big riff and it's trouble in paradise. It's always the Patriots who are like quiet and behind the radar, but it was this week. It was the Eagles, kind of like confident, flying under the radar, not really getting the media attention, and it was like the Pats drama that was the media attention. It was so unpatriot. Yeah, I mean, it was a little weird. By I mean, the way, they definitely kept Malcolm Butler not playing close to the vest. Yeah, we have no idea why the fuck that happened. When they like, asked people Roe, can speculate, but when they asked Roe, he said that like, were you part of the game plan coming in? He's like, no. I, I read that he was taking some snaps with the first team like throughout the week, but it was not you know, set in stone that he was going to start until like the day of, where he's like, you're starting. And he's like, that's when I found out. He's like, I was taking some reps at practice with the, the first team, but I, no one told me I was going to start until like the day of. Like, that was cr- like, what the fuck happened? I don't know. I've seen like a lot of Have you guys like been following online or trying to look at shit? Because, like, there's been reports that he flew in Tuesday or something instead of Monday. I saw that. There's been reports that he missed curfew and got caught with weed and, like, had to, like, the coaches, like, he had to confront the coaches, like, the next day. And that I guess they made a decision then. So, there's, like, a lot of different reports going around. But, like Nick said, we probably won't find, we'll find out by Tuesday. I feel like these Wednesday. are all reports, though, that, like, also could be started from, like, speculation. Like, well, it is it's speculation easy to be at like, this point. Yeah, like, it's that's easy to is. be like, oh, it's a team thing. Like, he missed curfew. But, I mean, yeah. you heard his postgame report. Like, he's not going back there. He's a free agent. And he was like, straight up, they gave up on me. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, well, yo, he's, he's you're not going to want to play for a team that gives was, up on you. Yeah, I was talking about this with Tim before, how this is a guy that he makes that play in the Super Bowl, right? Then he has a monster year the year after. Once they get paid, they don't pay him. They put him on the trade block. He's rumored to be in the Brandon Cooks deal. Doesn't get dealt for Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks come, comes to the Patriots. Still on the trade block. Still don't re-sign him. And then all this shit that's been going on with him, now you add this to it, I would put a lot of money that he's not re-signing with the Patriots. Yeah. Nah, he's done there. There's no reason to. Well, so what does this say about the, the Patriots moving forward? Probably going to be here next year, too. You, you look, think so? You look at the AFC, what team scares you? Do I've... I was gonna say the Steelers and maybe the Jaguars still. All right, the, so the Jaguars, right? You got Texans. You, well, that's the thing. So like the Jaguars won ten or eleven games this year, yeah, but take a bump. now you got Andrew Luck coming back. You have Deshaun Watson coming back. You got Mariota another year. You got you got a lot of good quarterbacks in that division, right? I, I believe the Jaguars went four and two in the division. So you got to think that that division is gonna be harder. Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, I've been riding the Steeler bandwagon for years now. And look, it's it's always some some nonsense with them. It's it's the coaches don't get along. It's Le'Veon Bell gets suspended or hurt. AB gets hurt. There's always just some shit there. And who else? Denver's roster is old. Pat Mahomes is gonna be a rookie. Yeah, you know, well, he played one game. So I don't know. I would right I, now they're the Vegas favorite to to win the Super Bowl. Nah, yeah, year. for sure. But I think that might change if maybe not change, but the odds will. You know, drop if like you know, say Kirk Cousins goes to a Denver. Even no, though you said for sure. They and have look, an aging roster, but Tim has a gut feeling that Belichick might not return. That'll affect something. Yeah. Yeah. Gronk comes out after the game, and I put it in the that chat. Too. What was that? And you guys were emphasizing like, what's this kid talking about? Probably around midnight, he's being asked, and he got asked by a reporter like, "Yo, are you thinking about retirement?" And he's like, 
Well, I don't know how you guys heard that, but yeah, I'm going to weigh out my options and, and think about the future. I don't know. That question is always a weird one for me. Like, you know, you ask that after someone just took like the biggest loss of your career or in the moment, like the biggest loss of your career. Like, What do you, what do you want me to say to you when you ask me that question? But like, like Ben, Ben Roethlisberger was asked that question or whatever. And he's just like, of course, he's going to say I'm mulling it over. He's getting older. They're all getting older. Yeah, but how old is Gronk? Not Gronk. Gronk's been in the league. He played against the Giants in the second Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah 2010, was, his second round pick. He was talking about celebrating his 69th touchdown. Maybe he's he's younger in mind. He's also been a ton of injuries. Yo, that's the thing. He like, plays it with a bionic arm. This guy's been abused physically in the league. And also, it it's going to continue because no one could stop him unless you hit him high or you hit him low. So it, it, I, I think that that's going to be something that's going to be a huge storyline to monitor throughout the offseason. But apparently he hasn't spent no money. Yeah. He he all the money that he wastes and parties and does everything, money. it's all endorsement money. He's he's made over close to a hundred million dollars guaranteed on game checks. He's yeah. twenty eight right now. I just looked it up. He so I mean this this all piles up though. So let's say that you're the Patriots, right? And all of a sudden you got Tom Brady's gonna be forty one next year. Gronk, let's say he does retire, even though it, I think the consensus is that it's unlikely that that's gonna happen. Um and then Matt Patricia leaves, Josh McDaniels leaves. Uh, and then if the head honcho leaves, yeah, I can't like I, I'm. I, it worries me moving forward to be honest with you because like the reason why the Patriots works so well is because they had a system and the system is like you know you're losing the defensive coordinator, you're losing uh one of your better corners, you're losing uh a year of another year of Tom Brady. Is he gonna be the MVP again? Like who knows? You know, I'm still I, I still think he's gonna perform, but to be the MVP after all these stars come back from being injured, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Knock on wood. Like there's a lot more, you know, X factors that weren't playing this year that than you know what I mean. So it, it kind of worries me moving forward because, like I said, they had a system and they had a way of of doing things, and you know they had people buying in. And if that's just not gonna be the case anymore, then are they gonna be the same team? I don't know. I hope not. Yeah, I mean, I would, <laughs> I, I would like to see it crumble. I thought it was going to continue. I thought no. it was a follow-up to that. Yeah. I, I, follow-up is Kirk comes to the Jets. I would love to see it, it. I would love to see the Patriots dynasty crumble. No one wants to see yes. this team just run through the AFC every year. It's time. Crumble. Matt Patricia. Are, are we sure he's any good? Like I'm not it's, sure. It's obvious that Belichick is the brain behind the defensive operation Dude, there. Look at what he has to work with, man. He's got no playmakers on that entire front seven. Like, literally no playmakers. Yeah, they had and, to go and get James I mean, Harrison. Van Noy is solid. I yeah, mean, Van, but Van Noy also was, a f- like, a free agent before the year. Like, so? if, if, that, if, if I'm not mistaken, he was – this is a guy who was cast away. And the only reason why he's in is because of the Hightower injury. Like, this is a guy that wasn't even supposed to start in the beginning of the year. I wouldn't be surprised and, if the Lions don't, like – Make up ground or like do it like I think, I, I think he gonna... did a good job. I think the person like, dude, Jamie Collins is gone. Uh, who, who's what are the, some of the other people that he just lets go uh, since uh, in the past few years? The guys he just lets yeah. walk. Jamie Lo- Collins, uh, uh, Chan, Jones, Chan Jones, Logan Ryan, Logan yeah. Ryan. Fuck it, he just sits. Uh, Malcolm Butler. Like yo, there's a certain point where if you're Belichick, like you know, I know you're Belichick, but your shit stinks. You know, you know, like that, that that was a funny commercial, the shit doesn't stink commercial, 
Like he thinks his shit doesn't stink. Do you, do you remember that nah, one? Nah, I didn't catch that one. That was a good one. one. But that's Belichick right now. He thinks his shit doesn't stink. And yo, you need good players at the end of the day. And a lot of the reason why they got asked out was because the Eagles took advantage of one-on-one situations. The, the Eagles spread the ball out. They looked around like, all right, where's the mismatch? And Foles got the ball out of his hands as quickly as he could to the mismatch and the players to the rest. And that was a lot of the game. A lot of the game was just uh, the Patriots. Uh, I mean, the Eagles offensive players were a lot faster, quicker, and just a lot more open, a lot more skilled than the Patriots defenders were. I think that had a lot to do with it. I really enjoyed the tight end matchup. I think it was was it you that mentioned that mm-hmm. as a key matchup. Yeah, that was fun, man. That goes to show you what a solid, what a great tight end could do for your offense. The game winning touchdown. You line up Zach Ertz like he's a ex wide receiver. And he, they just run a slant, one on one coverage. The fourth down too is underneath. Yeah, yeah they're reliable there. Run him underneath. Yeah, the Eagles last year led the NFL in drop passes, and then this year, I believe they had single digits combined. So that goes to tell you, man, that third and eight that gets dropped, it, it does. You know, at first when you're watching the game live and there's four minutes left until half, ah, it's another drop, but it goes a long way because what happens on that drive if that gets converted? And that, that goes to show you what was happening with all these conversions for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Brady, not for nothing, too. Brady looked all sing. Like I said, like they were getting after him in the first quarter, but he was missing Gronk on a couple a couple throws early on. And it was funny because like I turned I was watching with our buddy Allen. I turned to him like, yo, they or Marco, one of them. I was like, yo, they like they look off. Something's something's wrong here. Lo and behold, next drive, it's like five, five, five for five, five passes to Gronk and touchdowns. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Maybe they don't look off. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Weird. it was early on. It was a little weird Brady. Like, and his numbers weren't like, aside from his yardage, like his completion percentage was not all that. It was hardly 50. In the beginning of that game too, you could see. It was below 50. They were, the Patriots were, there was like the, you know, the, the play to Brady on fourth down that he dropped or whatever. Uh, By the way, tough tough catch to make for a fucking quarterback let's everyone relax like everyone's going hard on it Twitter. was but it hit his fingers bro yeah i know but that's a hard catch to make for anybody gotta bro. make that catch no you gotta make Come that on, catch on fourth down that's why they draw that play up in confidence all right but what i'm saying is everyone's making it seem like that's the easiest catch in the world like that's a t- hard ass pass to someone who does not catch passes brady was 60 percent. by the way let me correct myself on that yeah but it, um it was funny chris long in one of the uh press con one of those interviews after they asked him about that play because he was the guy that was, I wouldn't say he was guarding Brady, but he was the closest guy to Brady. And they asked him, what did you say to him after? He's like, I didn't say anything to him because I played with the guy. I have respect for him. But he's like, hey, man, look, in the end of the day, you're the best quarterback of all time. You're not a wide receiver. Yeah, true. It's, it's uh, you know. Um, but I, I was just saying, like, in the beginning of the game, I'm like, yo, the Eagles better, they better uh, – I also said on the, on the show before that they better have like a two score lead going into half because we know how they're gonna. The Patriots usually come out in the third quarter and they and they, they do work and, and yeah they, they, did. they put up fourteen points they took in the, the third. lead. Yeah, so they were up by I two won. scores. No, the, oh, at yeah. half they were up two scores. I think they were up by 10. 12, Yeah, yeah they were up by ten. So it's like this is what exactly what they need and they, you know, with that that run game and everything, they were able to control the clock and shit. Dude, that was a good fucking game. And Nick Foles was throwing dimes. And he was unbelievable on third down as well. Remember how we all kind of had the same feeling that this game could be a blowout that's over by the first half? I knew that this game wasn't going to be in the first play of the game. When they dropped back and they threw at Foles to start the game, 
I was like, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting, because I mean, that's that shows a lot of confidence in your young quarterback. That's your backup quarterback, right? That's a guy that has not been there, and in the first play, you're not gonna like ease him in. Nah, this one's in your hands right off the bat. I think it shows a lot. I think it's a great coaching move by Doug Peterson. I think it's little subtle signs like that that allow a guy like Nick Foles, who, let me not take anything away from him, played out of his fucking mind. The throws that he was making were dimes. He was making good reads. He was making... There was throws that he was making that you were like, holy shit. Yeah, there's not much more Carson Wentz could have done besides, what well, maybe pick up a first down with his legs. Like, Foles really played a perfect game. And he the did. interception... Jeffrey's it was a bobble it's one of those yeah. deflections two things that I would love the NFL to do this offseason number one fix the catch rule right oh please my make it more God. clear and then two could we put up you know baseball has all these new stats that pop up pretty much every offseason NBA analytics and yada yada NFL how about start charting interceptions that your wide receiver is an asshole and he just drops the ball yeah that they're right? because it, it sucks well, I, I throw a pass right on the number see you it bobbles and then it gets picked off and no, you know, it's, it's on fault. me. Yeah. I think we got to fix that. We'll call them WAs, wide receiver assholes. Yeah, there you go. And then that's it. So how many WAs did you get this year? <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> had a nice WA go off his or chest. Just like IAs into assists. <laughs> the, uh, so the two catches, Corey Clement, and immediately, right? Tim is the, the yo, man, these damn refs guy. Yo, I, uh, can I just say one thing before you go? Yeah. Best ref game I think I saw all year. They had the spotlight on him. That's true. Gene Serator, fuck with him. Yeah, they had to. They had to Fuck be. That's his first Super Bowl. Surprisingly, I feel like he's one of the better. So did I. I was like, "Yo, yeah. what? I know this guy. Like, I feel like he should be out here." Yeah. I'm, done. I'm cool with him. So the Zach Ertz play took way too long to review, right? Yeah, That's, that was ridiculous, dude. That was the easiest play to call, easiest. And then Corey Clement was. I don't know. I thought if it got overturned, it would. It wouldn't have surprised me. But anytime there's a call like that, I just hit the chat, the VM chat. I'm like, yo, Tim, you ready? You ready for this? <laughs> he, does. I just go he really to, does every time. I know. Yeah, because I just know Tim just <laughs> Tim goes on these out, rants. Out of like, his fucking... Oh, the refs. Running around his apartment. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, but I, I, I thought, especially in the Super Bowl, to me, the Super Bowl is kind of like a Hail Mary. It's like, yo, not in this game. You're going to make one of these calls that's just going to be like ridiculous. Like on a Hail Mary, like the last play of the game. Clearly... Clearly, that's like pass interference on any other play for Gronk or whatever. But it's the last play of the game. It's a, it's a Hail Mary. Like, you're not going to call it there. Question, with, though. With these plays, to me, naked eye, those are catches. At one point, do we have to maybe call it there? What, the Hail you Mary? Don't, bro. You send everyone up in arms if you call that. The Hail Mary? Yeah. Yes. I, didn't think I, I mean, like, just in general. I, don't, I, I, I thought that was fine. I didn't even think it was a PI. Like, they jumped mad early, the defenders, the Eagles, and Gronk kind of, like, couldn't jump because they were, like, already up. They already the established yeah, their like, bodies. Yeah, yeah. Unless someone literally puts their arm over their shoulder pad and holds them down, they're not going to call a goddamn thing. Anything. I'm surprised you guys are cool with Gene Saratori. Wasn't right. he the one who used the index card to measure that first down? I was cool with that. That's, I would rather see someone was, use the index that's card. That's so over, like... That's so... Yeah. Yo, the camera's on me. Let me become a legend for this. Let me <laughs> be known as the guy that whipped out the index card. I would rather see someone whip out an index card to just, like, look at it with his eye and say, no, 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 I'm the man. I got this. I'd rather see an index card. No. That's extra, yo. Super extra. That's uh, like getting on... Don't talk about golf not being a sport. That's like getting on all fours and, like, looking at the hole and, like, behind your ball and lying the hole. I do that all the time. But people, yeah, I do, I do that when I play golf, too. That's so, yeah, that's so Mini golf, I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> I just do it because I know it looks like I know. That's the I'm index going. card move. <laughs> 
Yo, can we? We talked a lot about is this the end of the Patriots dynasty, and it might be, but I think this is more the beginning of an Eagles dynasty. Mm. I, See, I, a I dynasty Sen- though. Listen, you're talking about a team right now that won the, the Super Bowl with their backup quarterback, and their first-string quarterback was arguably the MVP of the league, and he went down. They still won the Super Bowl, but more importantly than that, man, I think Doug Peterson is one of the better game planners, and we don't give him enough credit for being that good of a game planner. This guy put Malcolm Jenkins on James White. Malcolm Jenkins was, everyone thought he was going to guard Gronk. He got he took away Tom Brady's final option, and like you said in the beginning, he had a lot of incomplete passes. You saw it really took a toll on the Patriots' offense. It really threw them for a loop. It's not often that you see the Patriots unprepared. They were unprepared for some of the moves that the Eagles were bringing. They were unprepared for that third and for that for both of those fourth down conversions. They were un they were unprepared to match them on third and long. They were unprepared uh, to handle that defensive matchup. So I think that a lot of the unpreparedness. Bar? New bar. No. <laughs> Why not? Uh, of of the Patriots was in, in direct uh, correlation. That's, that's a, a real bar. That's a real bar. With yeah. how <laughs> good the Eagles game plan was. And I think that I know that it's hard to say. I know you guys are Giants fans and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we might be looking at a dynasty in terms of like, look, the Giants are obviously in rebuild mode. The Redskins are losing Kirk Cousins. Um the Cowboys are always going to have drama around them, and you, you're you not saying they're definitely not on the ascension. They're definitely on the descension, right? Yeah, I think they're just kind of stagnant at the moment. Yeah, right. So, I mean, the Eagles are definitely the, the team to beat in the, NF, in the NFC East. Oh, for sure. And then if you look around the NFC, you got a lot of teams who are good, like the Saints, like the Vikings, that but that also have a lot of obvious flaws. So if those obvious flaws aren't addressed, I think that the Eagles don't have an obvious flaw right now, and their coaching is just – its I can't stress enough how I think that the Eagles coaching staff completely outdid Belichick and the, and the coaching staff of the Patriots, and that is a hard thing to do, a thing that I have contend has never been done before. I think you're selling the entire NFC way too short. You didn't mention the Rams, the Saints. Sure. Uh, no, no, I mentioned Packers. the Saints. The Rams, say, the Rams dynasty, will be there. Dynasty is heavy because when I think dynasty, I'm thinking like b- uh, multiple Super Bowls within ten years. Yeah, why not? Like three or four. I yeah, why not? Why? Why? Why not? Also, yo, they're they're also gonna get back Peters, all pro left tackle. He is, Hicks, he's getting old though. Yeah, Hicks, one of their better linebackers. He was out for the year too, so they're gonna have a lot of weapons and also a lot of their guys, their key players, are signed until 2021. That's, that's the Jeffrey, biggest thing. Jeffrey Aguilar, Ertz. Lots Wentz, of good contracts. Lane Johnson and cheap, con- not not cheap, but they made all these deals prior to them. Now they can't go into negotiations and say, "Yo, I'm a Super Bowl winner. Pay me." Well, you got paid already. You know, they re-upped Jeffrey. Jeffrey signed a one-year deal for I think anywhere ten to fifteen million dollars. One of those, you know, uh, all in on on myself and one out the Joe Flacco thing, and then he got paid and he got extended before the Super Bowl. So uh, yeah, I think I think that the Eagles are going to be a force. And now you know Carson Wentz. He was he was caught whispering to Nick Foles. Next year it's going to be me. You know, and I like how the entire situation has been handled by them, where. No one's shying away. Like, yo, this is our quarterback. Wentz is going to be our guy going yeah, forward. Yeah, you can't. You, Foles, is, he has to know that, like, obviously. Do you, does anyone know the situation for the backfield, like, as far as those contracts or whatever? I think a Jai signed. Yeah, but, like. Corey Clement's a rookie. Yeah. I was hyped to see him deal. perform because I was on the Corey Clement train really early. He played early a really good year. game. Yeah. You were. 
I remember they, that. They all like in their own right were like in the beginning of the year. It was a lot of unknown of who the running back was going to be. It was Blunt and who was the other guy that they had early on. I feel like they had somebody else, the Eagles. Yeah, they know. had Wendell Smallwood. Uh, yeah, Darren Sproles got injured. Sproles, yeah, guys like that. So, I, you know, coming out of, uh, I believe it was Indiana. I like Corey Clement. So I was, it was like one of those things where you know what? I was listening to that band before they blew up, kind of thing. So I saw Corey Clement early, but he's also on a rookie deal too. Aguilar's in his second year. This team is going to be a problem. I also just think that a lot of teams lost their star player this year. And that well, the NFC has had, but they were one of them. Huh? But they were one of them, and they won the Super Bowl. They had a fucking first round bye, like locked up already. Oh, s- but I'm s- saying, like, who knows? Like along the way, like people can make runs too. They have to, your best player goes down. It's like you know. Yo, football is such a game of inches, and I know it sounds crazy because we've heard it and it's cliche. But think about this: what happens if Atlanta scores on that last drive? Yeah. Right. Yeah. First and goal from the what three four yard line inside the five guaranteed. Right. Whole different conversation we're having. It's what? unbelievable how little things like that could change. What happens if, you know, we never have the Minnesota miracle? Now the Saints go into into uh, Philadelphia. It's it's crazy how just a couple plays, man, here and there, really, now the Eagles are the champs. Sometimes I find myself daydreaming that, that I'm talking on this show. Sometimes, like, I just, like, I have ar- imaginary arguments to myself in my head. And one of the things was if the Patriots were to blow out the Eagles, like I said, was the first, one of my takeaways going to be, like, I feel cheated by the minnesota miracle well, like i feel cheated by because i feel like the saints would have given the patriots a, a nice game that well that obviously didn't happen but i still kind of feel a little cheated that i didn't get to see the saints play the eagles in, in hindsight like after seeing what the eagles wiped the floor with the with the vikings i just that's that's the the team that my like that's my band the, the, the band i wanted to see play i feel like um, i feel cheated by the fact that i didn't see the saints get that opportunity to get there and i i, I I wonder if, if everything would have been different if that was the case. You're right, man. The cookie crumbles. The butterfly effect, right? It's crazy how everything could have been different. One, two or three different things happen in this playoffs, and everything's different. And, yo, it's it's easy to say now, but a lot you, you learn a lot of more about, like, players and coaches after the fact, right? I didn't know this until I was watching Peterson and Foles get interviewed together on NFL Network. Peterson was on the staff that drafted Nick Foles. He went to his high school. Was uh, they they were close. They had built a relationship from the time when he was was it Arizona or Arizona State? Arizona. I know he led the Pac-12 in yards before he came out, but uh, definitely a Pac-12 guy. But you know, Nick Foles, Peterson had a hand in bringing him to Philly, right? Then he leaves. He goes and he plays under Jeff Fisher. And I mean, we were early to the party on Jeff Fisher is horrendous as a coach. Yeah. Right, and then you look at what some of these Jeff Fisher guys have done. They've had, they've been pretty solid without him, right? And then he comes back to Philly and he understands his role. And look, he's a backup quarterback. And I know I get heat for this all the time because I tweeted how Tony Dungy came out after Carson Wentz got hurt, and he said that, oh yo, uh, uh, I still think that the Eagles could go to the Super Bowl. And I came out on Twitter and I was saying how, yo man, Tony Dungy, stop na- lying to us on national television. <laughs> But a lot of people felt that way. But Nick Foles, man, he he's an experienced backup quarterback. He's a guy that played in some big games and was a focal point of an offense at one point. Nick Foles went twenty the twenty seven two second year Nick Foles in the last two games of the playoffs. I mean, like that year, that second yeah, year, yeah, yeah, yeah. he went twenty seven touchdowns, two picks. That's the kind of Nick Foles we saw those last two games. He was incredible, man. 
The shout out to him. He's gonna get paid. Uh, well, he's under. So this is their uh, their dilemma. He's under contract with them for one more year, and Carson Wentz tore his ACL in the beginning of December, right? On pace, he'll probably be back for week one, but it could be a situation like RG3 where they're forcing him to come back. He might not be fully healthy. So what do you do if you're, you're the Eagles? What happens if someone someone calls you and they're like, yo, I'll give you a first-round pick for Nick Foles? I think I take it. I think I think I take it, and then I, I pay a little bit extra money, whatever money I was paying Foles, because he's, he's one of the higher-paid backups, and give it to a backup that I could trust. I'm... I, there's no way, I think, if I'm the Eagles, if you're making decisions towards the future, you just won the Super Bowl. I think, like you said, too, that, that right. weaker division, can you can afford maybe a loss or two or, or start, a couple games started by right. a different quarterback, not named Wentz. So I feel like you can rest him and let him get get right for the last 12 games of the season. You know, let him miss that first month. I don't Come back think in October. That right, team is so good that I think they could go 5-1 and one in that division or 4-2. and two. And be good enough to take the division home with one's missing a month. And if you just won weeks. the Super Bowl and you could add a first round pick on top of the first round pick that you already have, yeah. or a second round pick on top of the second round pick, you got to do that for the, the betterment of your squad. Do you obviously have weaknesses? Like like we said, that front seven didn't get any pressure on Brady until the final nah, drive. But that front seven's loaded. Like we're that's but but when the front seven doesn't play well, that secondary gets exposed, and they got exposed in this game. Like they, Tom Brady had time, and that, and there was wide open wide receivers everywhere. They need to make a lot of changes to that secondary, and the way you do it is with first second round picks. So if if you could do that, I think that if you're the Eagles, like that's much more valuable than having a backup quarterback on your roster. I I would I would take the chance on another backup quarterback that could be coached in a similar way, like someone who's going to buy into the system. I think, and obviously easier said than done. I don't have anyone on the top of my head that I'm thinking about in the backup quarterback market, but that's that's that was be my thinking if I was the Eagles. Like, yo, time to get rid of this guy. Thanks, you, know who, you know who I think was watching the Super Bowl and was super hyped? Andrew Luck and Colts <laughs> fans. McDaniels just put up 600 yards of offense on this, you know, one of the better. A lot of people were saying that they were in the top three defenses this year. They, they always popped up in conversation, the Eagles. Now, luck ought to be looking at that like, finally, man, I'm going to have an offensive mind coming over here to coach me. Although, I heard a report that McDaniels might feel like he's not ready to move on yet and stay in New England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, there's some rumblings like that. That would fucking suck for Colts fans. Yeah. That, but you that, know what? I think that would suck for him, too, man. If I think it's because Andrew Luck's not 100% cleared. I think it'd be dumb if, if you had Andrew Luck and you'd have him in a dome division is you know up and coming a lot better but you get a chance to coach one of the better quarterbacks in the league i think it's because we don't know what his shoulder is gonna hold up damn i miss seeing that guy play yo just what if play, teams just, i wanted to just play devil, devil's advocate for a second so like nick Foles, probably the hottest backup quarterback on the market right now in obviously. terms of looks or play because he's a good definitely looking not, not that good looking come on Come on, the blue, the blue I, think eyes. I think he's quarterback good looking. Not like just type. because he's a QB on campus, he'll get a lot of vibe. You guys heard the good looking quarterback theory? No. It's like kids who are good looking are praised more as their kids, so they become more confident. And in order to be the quarterback, you need to be confident. Makes sense. So that's why good looking people are usually quarterbacks. Hmm. That's interesting. The, the good looking quarterback theory. It's true. <laughs> Nick's like a lot smiling. Of <laughs> that's, that's why I play QB. <laughs> oh, not that one. <laughs> you know what? 
But then again, you know, Nick just like shit. Nick on played that quarterback because he can't catch. There's a different. There's a different. There's a difference. <laughs> anyway, my bad, Joe. Go ahead, Bo. I was gonna play devil's advocate and just say like, you know, obviously Foles. You're probably gonna get an offer for this guy in the off season from some team, maybe. Uh, would it be worth it to hold on to him for a year, just in case like Carson Wentz? Could, could he re-aggravated it? Could he could he re-aggravate it? Or mm. you know, a lot of players sometimes they psychologically an ACL surgery you know does so we saw what happened with Derek Rose and shit like is there a possibility that we you know let's just hold on to this guy for for a season just to see if uh you know ever are you like super down for a first round pick anyway I mean I, uh, go ahead I really don't think so like this guy's value is at an all-time high right now he just had the two arguably best games of his career right and he's your backup quarterback you know Wentz is your guy you just took him second overall two years ago What's the point of holding on to this guy for another year? And then he's just going to walk anyway or retire. Who knows what he's like going to do? He's not going to – I don't think he's going to stay. You know, he even if he doesn't play next year, those are his last two games he had. So he could still get a starting job elsewhere. So why not trade him? I mean, I, I don't think he has much value to the Eagles anymore. If you're Foles too, like, that's going to cause a problem with you. Like, if I'm Nick Foles, like, I, all right. I've done what my job for this organization. Now, organization needs to treat me right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to go. I think Buffalo might be an interesting destination. Well, I think Cleveland. He's got, like, Cleveland quarterback written all over him. I hope not the Jets. That would that would be... I can see Buffalo happening. That would be not good. I would love for this guy to go to the Jets. No, suck a dick, man. Yeah. Just, just mad because the Eagles won. You take it I'm out very, on us. I'm very mad about this. <laughs> this would be a very Jets-type quarterback to add a backup quarterback who can just like have a good year. I I, th- I tweeted and I thought it was super weird that like this guy won the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl MVP, and he's not a starter. Like he won't. There's no way of him starting on his team next year. They, Isn't that wild? That's <laughs> so weird. I don't. I think it was Sports Center where it was like we the play on fourth down. It was snapped to Corey Clement, who was an undrafted free agent rookie, and then the. The throwback to the third string tight end, end. <laughs> who made a throw to the backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> on fourth and one against the Patriots at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's insane. Coaching, bro. That's coaching. That's that is a well prepared team at all times. Yo, I honestly That's also a lot of balls. Just yeah. giant grapefruits. <laughs> that play, I feel like it should be run way more than it is. I saw it maybe three times this year. Two of them in the game, you know, whatever, maybe one other time this year. That play is unbelievable. You also don't want to let your QB out to dry, though. If, like, God forbid that happens. Yeah, but you just tell your guy, you know, tuck it <laughs> if you see someone out there. But, like, why would anyone be out there? Especially when you have a quarterback like Brady or Foles. I think I'm that's why. I'm worried about this guy. I think that's why it also works. Yeah, it's because. Guys it's, that you never see running. Ever. Like, you wouldn't run that to, like, Russell Wilson because if he starts moving, you're like, oh, fuck, I got to cover this guy now. But if it's Tom Brady, you're like, yeah, whatever. I'll go get him later. <laughs> Guy. He's not going anywhere after yeah, he catches the ball. Um, but yeah, it was a good game. I feel like when Tom Brady starts running, it's like, you know that feature on the iPhone where everything's going regular motion and all of a sudden everything slows down and Dude, everything turns regular speed again? That guy, I feel like that's Tom Brady running. He looks like he's got boots on or something and he's trying to run. It just it looks, it looks like he's running, through, running snow. through the snow. Yeah. It just looks insane. Running through the... Okay. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, let's get to these awards that were handed out this year. Uh, we can give our opinions on whether it was uh, well deserved or not. 
starting with a defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. Kind of thought that was like uh, obvious. He's a monster. Just pay that man. I mean, he held out and still won that award with no camp, no nothing. Like that just goes to show you how pure talented he is, purely mm. talented he is. Um, offensive player of the year went to Todd Gurley, which I think also you're kind of like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, for his sure. usage, usage rate was like through the roof, wasn't it? Yeah, everything ran through him for that offense, and that offense had a monster year, and he was the focal point of it. So definitely don't disagree with that at all. Uh, the Saints ran away with both rookie awards: defensive rookie of the year going to Marshawn Lattimore, and offensive rookie of the year going to Alvin Kamara. Hard to argue, but Kareem Hunt has a legit argument. You see, the thing is with, with Kareem Hunt, like. I feel like we we decided after week four we're like oh this guy's got it, but then he like tapered yeah, off. They there was him much the ball. more consistency in Kamara than there was. was in Hunt. But I also feel like Hunt was leaned on a lot more than Kamara was in terms of but like there was his also importance to the team. Games where he was like not getting the rock at all, and it was like just a terrible game plan. But then you saw what happened to the the Chiefs when that happened. It's like right. a direct correlation when he gets right, the ball. But the there were several games yeah. like that, whereas Kamara was involved. In but what, like what about game. Kamara? If you if you do like a side by side of their stats, you can say that Kamara's were, were better overall. Yeah, with the receiving and, game, and right. also a lot less touches per game. Yeah. And there's huge holes in Kareem Hunt's yeah. season. I mean, it's also because of the the game plan that they put in place that we did not understand all year. This guy had like 400 yards one game, and then they gave him the ball twice. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I mean, he deserves it for for sure. I'm just saying, like, Kareem Hunt, that that's the one award where it, it's super close. I think Kareem Hunt has a gripe if he chooses to be gripey. Word. Um, comeback player, Keenan Allen. Congrats. I like that one. I thought that was well-deserved. He balled out this year, and, and he, he had that one stretch where I think he did something no one's ever done. It was like yeah. two 200-yard games or something. I think it was, was 300-yard games and double-digit catches. Yeah, it was a three-game I thought it was four games. Um, Might have been, too, but I know it was something outrageous. Yeah. That was um, when they started balling out, too, as a team. They were making that run for the playoffs. Coach McVay? That's, yeah, more than well-deserved. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a first year head coach. And MVP. Big old Brady. We knew that. We knew that was coming. I mean it kind of fell into his lap after once went down. I know he like, I know he'd no want to trade that in for the uh Super Bowl and bad bad Can we give a an, an appreciation for this year in Super Bowl and how like uh this year in football and how crazy it was? It was a crazy fucking year, man. I don't think we no one knew anything for the whole year for the most part. We we're like, I don't really know who's gonna win, honestly. There were a bunch of teams. People were going down left and right. Just left the door open for most of the year. Yeah, a lot of injuries. Yeah. It was a it, big time it, it kinda it kinda felt right that it was gonna come down to a backup winning it. Right? <laughs> yeah. How many backups did we see this year? Yeah. Close to tell you the value of a good backup. And a good kicker too, yo. Look, Gostowski's dope. Right, he's a, one of the best kickers in the league. But let's go back. You know the thing you were talking about—the butterfly effect, right? What if the Chargers would have made some of those field goals early on in the mm-hmm. year? You never know. That's a team that's in the playoffs and they can make noise. Team that cut Josh Lambeau for a uh, young Hoku. Yeah, Jesus. And Lambeau was money after that too. He was he with the Jags? He had a maggot ear. Yeah. So there it is. Another season in the books. It's over now. No more football. That sucks, man. It the does. winter now it's just winter. Yeah, now it's just cold and. Uh, I'm cool with it. 
because like March Madness is coming up. At least and like baseball now, baseball season, which is my favorite season, is coming. I up. have like fully dove into the UFC scene, which is like all year round. So that's nice. That is nice about UFC. It's like every weekend. It's like football. Like every weekend, every Saturday, more for the most part. Sometimes Sunday. Yeah, but like all year. What? I'm saying like all year though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like dope. It doesn't it's end, once a week. Nice. Um, but yeah, that is that's our show. Super Bowl recap. Can we, can we inform the people about what's going to be going on on Mondays? Inform the people, Tim. Honestly, okay. So, on, well, obviously, we're not going to have any football to recap. But on Monday, we're going to be coming at you with the Evergreen series. Yeah. Right? Which is just a bunch of stuff like uh, that's not, like, timely. But it's just, like, debates. Like, who's the best quarterback of all time? And, like, we did that sports show that everyone seemed to like a lot. We got some really good feedback on Twitter on that one. Um Things like that. So every Monday, or game shows, I know a lot of people are telling us that we need to bring back VM, uh, Family Feud, and things like that. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, every Monday is going to be more of just like a debate, open forum type of talk. And you then plan on, on coming Thursday. in last in those also? Oh, I have to bring that up. Time out. Time out, <laughs> Where, Where's my I crown? I have to bring that up. Oh, hold on. Nah, you were counting chickens. I told hold you on. you don't count your yeah, chickens but before the hatch. I, I finished last. I only know one we person. Who, I only know one person who finished last year. We tied, last and that was Nick in the regular season. That's all I know. <laughs> I that, mean, that's all I know. I, 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 nah, living in that's the past. All I, all I know is I got a crown. <laughs> sure. All, all I know <laughs> is Tim's telling us, "Wait, how many points? Who's in first? Tim? Yeah. Then, then it's whatever, bro. When he comes in last. <laughs> Yo, listen. Not a comment. I had a good postseason. I'm not. I'm not mad. I, I respect you, boss. Boss, you deserve the crown. Two in a row. Congratulations. I got two regular seasons. You got two playoffs. Damn I'm right. not gonna lie. I'm. I was uh, kind of angry yesterday, because also <laughs> think about this. When it was 33-32, and the Patriots had the ball, I my boxes were Eagles two, Patriots zero. So if the Patriots were to run down there and get a touchdown, mm. not only would I have beat my spread, I would have hit my box for a thousand bucks. Damn. That's and a then nice, that's fucking a nice Brandon Graham had to stick his fucking hand in there, ruin everything. Yep. It happens. It anyway, does, but yeah, that's that's the plan from here on out. <laughs> uh, where can they find you, Tim? <laughs> at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. At Brodo Fantasy Forum, coming to you soon with the baseball previews, baby. Yo, it's, it's going to be an interesting year of baseball. Um, we're going to be talking about it a lot. I don't know how you're going to do any baseball previews with a free agent freaking this, market. That's what like we're crazy. saying, man. That, this free agent freeze. I think there's this going to affect so many drafts. Dude, it's this crazy. story is is just at the tip right now. I feel like this is going to be a giant story going forward. I think we're going to be talking about it a lot. This yeah. because this is a this is a power play that that's pretty unprecedented by the owner. The owners against a baseball union, which is the most powerful union players-wise in sports. So we'll see. This this one's not probably if this one doesn't end pretty, I don't know. I love baseball. It's my first love ever. I don't know how baseball survives a strike or a lockout. Wow, it's like that? Yeah, I do. I think it's it's like that. There are some big time names unsigned, and it's solely be- it's it looks like it's solely because of collusion. Because there's no other legitimate reason why JD Martinez and you Darvish don't have contracts, or like Eric Hosmer. Yeah, or Eric, or any a of these lot guys. of big names. Yeah, yeah, Arietta's any of these guys. There. Yeah, but uh, a lot. Of, I think 150 players are now unsigned. Jeez, it's a lot of fucking players. Well, you got your work cut out for you. <laughs> Us. We got our work cut out. Well, I was saying us. you brought up Brodo. I'm saying you guys got your work cut out. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but that's what I was talking about before that. <laughs> Where can they find you? Oh, uh, you already said that. I already said you? it. Yeah. Lambvm10 <laughs> on all social media outlets. At Endavito27 on Twitter and Instagram. 
Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter. Uh, where did my voice go? <clears throat> you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Sanagato. Go follow the show at Veterans Minimum and our Facebook page, face, face, slash Veterans Minimum. Watch a book. And that is all. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.